Welcome to Torah Mecha Parsha with the OU Women's Initiative. My name is Elisheva Kamenetsky, and today we will be studying Parshat Shoftim. In this Parsha, we are reaching the halfway point of Moshe Rabbeinu's farewell speech to the people before his death. The Parsha continues to discuss and review mitzvot with a clear focus in the Parsha on leadership and authority. Moshe is their first leader, and his passing will be traumatic for the people. He speaks of the Shoftim judges and the fact that they will be Kohanim, priests, and the Nevi'im, the prophets. And in Perak Yudzai in 17, there is a mitzvah to appoint a king. Debates about the nature of the mitzvah to appoint a king. There are many who debate the nature of the mitzvah to appoint a king. And while the Gemara teaches that it is one of the three mitzvot that Bnei Israel were to fulfill upon entering the land, when Bnei Israel finally asked Shmuel, the prophet, to appoint a king approximately 350 years after they've entered the land, their request is met with disdain. Why would that be? Some suggest it is the manner and intention with which they asked. Others suggest it is the timing of their request. It's interesting to note that in Parshat Yisro, when Moshe's father-in-law Yisro, who has just joined the Jewish nation, sees his son-in-law Moshe so overwhelmed by all that he has to do in his role as leader of the Jewish people, he asks, what's going on here? In Shemot, Parakut Chet, Pasuk Gimel, it was the day after Yitro celebrated his joining the Jewish people. Vayashav Moshe lishpot et ha'am. Vayamod ha'am ad Moshe min haboker ad ha'erev. Yisro observed that Moshe Rabbeinu sat to judge the people and he was busy from morning until night. And Moshe's father-in-law saw everything that he was doing to service the people. What are you doing? You need help. Why are you doing this all alone, servicing the people from morning to night? And Moshe says to his father-in-law, and here he actually begins to draw his own job description. The people come to me, first, Lidrosh Elohim. Secondly, Ki Yelahem Davar Ba'elai Vishafati Bain Ish Ubain Re'ehu. My second role is that they come to me and I sometimes am able to judge or determine something, uh, it's what is right or wrong between man and his friend. Thirdly, the other thing that I'm doing here all day is I am teaching God's Torah. Yisro responds to Moshe with a suggestion of how to help him be able to manage all of these responsibilities. In essence, Moshe describes his job as having these three elements, helping B'nai Yisrael be Doresh Elohim, seek out God, Vishafati ben Ish ben Re'ehu, being a judge between man and his fellow man when some difficulties arise, and number three, Hodati et Chukeh Elohim et Torotav, teaching the Torah. Therefore, it makes sense that as Moshe is about to pass, and we know from later on in the Sefer, in Paraklamidalid, Lokam Navi od Israel Kamosha, that there will never be somebody 
quite like Moshe. That Moshe is explaining in our parsha that in the future there will be a shared leadership model between the Kohen, the Navi, and the Shofet, as we do see in Nevi'im Rishonim. The Navi would be the conduit for Drishat Elohim. The Navi would help with Moshe's first role, helping the people connect to the word of Hashem spiritually. The Shofet would be involved in determining law, right and wrong, between man and his friend. And the Kohen, as, it, as we are taught in Sefer Malachi, Perak Bet Pasuk Zayin, Ki Sifse Kohen Yishmeru Dat, Vitorat Yivakshu Mipihu, Ki Malach Hashem Tzivakot Hu, that it would be the Kohen who would take over Moshe's role of teaching Torah. If Moshe's role is covered, by the Navi for Drishat Elohim, seeking out God and spirituality, the Shofet for determining judgment between man and his friend, and the Kohen for teaching Torah, then what then is the role of a king? The Abarbanel suggests in his explanation on this week's Parsha that even though in the world a Melech is something which is very, very essential. Mo'il v'hechrachi, in order to deal with both domestic issues and foreign affairs. When it comes to Am Yisrael, in the words of the Abarbanel, einenu kein, ki eino tzarich v'lo hechrachi lahem. It's not really a necessary institution. And he explains because the role of king could really be defined in three ways. The first is for fighting wars. The second role of the king, to lay down the law, to make sure that there is law or order internally within the country. And the third role of the king, to be the ultimate decisor in law and order when sometimes exceptions need to be made to the current laws. According to the Abarbanel, we do not need, as the Jewish people, this role or institution of king. Because for the first role, Yisrael no shia bahashem v'hu hanilcham lahem. God, it is not by our might, as we discussed in a previous parsha, but rather it is because of the strength of God that we win the wars that we fight. It is Hashem who ultimately saves us and protects us. Additionally, we don't need a king, says the Ba'arbanel. All of Torah, all of law and order has been granted to us at Sinai. We have systems for taking care of the poor. We have systems for taxation. We have systems for everything. Hafachba, hafachba, dekulaba. We can find everything that we need for running 
a proper society within our Torah. And lastly, we don't need an appellate court system. We don't need a king to, in order to tell us what to do in unusual circumstances because we actually have that system as it exists already with our court systems and one and ultimately the Sanhedrin, the highest court in the Jewish court system, is a decide can be a decisor for all legal matters. And therefore, the Abarbanel concludes whether it's the fighting of the wars, the laying down of the law, or functioning as the final decisor in unusual legal situations, Hashem provides them all for His people. Hashem is our king. And they didn't need a king for any reason. He quotes many psukim to support this. One which stands out to me is a song that we sing on Simchas Torah. Open the gates for our God, our God who is our king, a king who is strong in all areas. As an aside, it's interesting to note that while the Abarbanel lived in the 15th century, he defined government based on something which we are very familiar with as the three branches of government that were established by America's founding fathers. The executive branch, the commander-in-chief of the armed forces who leads to war, the legislative branch that lays down the laws for a functioning country, and the judicial branch, the Supreme Court that deals with all unusual issues. The Abarbanel continues and says that it's clear that as the Jewish people, we do not need a king. And not only that, if we look historically as to when B'nai Israel had a king, it was not a sterling time in our history. In fact, our kings in safe, throughout Sefer Malachim almost always became corrupt. The power given to them didn't bring them closer to God, but unfortunately pushed them further away from Hashem. So then why is this mitzvah in our parsha? It's not part of Moshe's current role. And the Abarbanel says it's not necessary for the Jewish people. The, Ramba, the Abarbanel answers this question by introducing a new category of mitzvot. We know that we have the positive commands that we need to do, the assays and the low assays, the prohibitions, that which we should stay aware from, away from. The Abarbanel introduces a small category of mitzvot and includes the mitzvah to appoint a king in that category. He calls that mitzvot assay tluya bidavar harishot. It is a mitzvah to do this, but only if you want to or wish to. What is this category of mitzvot? The Abarbanel compares the mitzvah of Melech to the mitzvah to do tshuva. It's predicated 
on the assumption that we as human beings have a Yetzirah. We have an evil inclination. And at times we may find, our, find ourselves being pulled away from the straight and narrow life of Torah and mitzvot. If you find yourself in that situation, then we have a mitzvah of tshuva. Here is how you can return. Here is how you can do this in a proper way. Of course, if we were to never sin and therefore not do tshuva, there would be no X in the book, so to say. There would be no missed opportunity for tshuva. The Abarbanel explains that B'nai Yisrael may want to have a king. And therefore, if that desire is so strong and you feel that you need to have a king, and it's actually quite interesting to go back to the formulation of the Pasuk in Parak Yudzayin, Pasuk Yudalid of Sefer Devarim, where the mitzvah of king is introduced. You may say that you want to have a king like all of the nations who are around you. Perhaps your need to have a king is because you have a strong need to fit in and be like all the other nations of the world. It's pretty unusual for Hashem to consider and perhaps even encourage us to be like the Gaia. But Hashem, our creator, knows us best. And he understands that living with Hashem as our commander-in-chief of the armed forces is both phenomenal, as he is omnipotent and omniscient and the greatest force in the world, but it also may leave us struggling for norms like all of the other nations. And therefore, if you find yourself being pulled towards doing this, then the Torah is going to instruct us exactly how to do it. The Abarbanel is also highlighting the unusual language in the Apasuk, via Marta, you will say that you want a king. And similar to Tshuva, if you don't say you want a king, if you're able to live this supernatural life with Hashem being your king and you don't request a king, there's no X in the book. But if you need it, here is how you should do it. We could imagine a parent giving such instructions to their beloved child. I hope you never get into trouble. But if you do, I want you to know you can always call me. And these are the things you need to know will be the way out. The psukim continue in the description of Melech. And they tell us just that. If you appoint a king... That king may, must be somebody who is from amongst the Jewish people. He shouldn't be somebody who's allowed to amass a lot of might through his horses or gather a lot of women and money because that will affect his sense of power. And not only that, this king must be somebody who writes a Sefer Torah and has that Sefer Torah with him at all times, remembering who is truly the Melech Malche Hamlachim. All of this is to avoid the negative possibilities of a king who becomes power hungry and powerful, literally full of power, to the extent that he forgets Hashem, as we have seen historically in Sefer Malachim and throughout history. 
if you are going to have a king, this is the way you must do it. It's not necessarily a mitzvah to have a king, but here is the proper way to maintain a relationship with Hashem. As I reflect on this Abarbanel, I realize that if Hashem creates this small category of mitzvot that are a mitzvah asay tzuliyah bitzvah hashrashut, it's a mitzvah to do it this way if you need it for the things that he knows our Yetzirah will pull us towards and we will be unable to pull ourselves away from then other things that I am pulled to do, my creator is indicating that I can actually control because these are exceptions to the rule. And as we often know, exceptions to the rule actually strengthen the rule. All other things, my creator is sending me a message that I can work hard to control my Yetzer. Once again, we see that the detailed laws of the Torah that are here in Sefer Devarim and throughout the Torah, there is a deep understanding of human nature that comes with them. In his last words to the people, Moshe gives them encouragement with an understanding of human challenges and limitations and reminds them of what they need to do moving forward as they enter into Eretz Yisrael to maintain their strong connection to Hashem. As the Navi Hoshea taught, May we take the lessons of Sefer Devarim and use them to bring us closer to Hashem and His Torah. Thank you for studying together with the OU Women's Initiative.